0: Good morning, Crossroads. It's so good to be with you today as we worship. Uh, Pastor Jack's gonna be preaching from 2 Peter today, and I wanna read a verse that ties a lot into our music. It says in Second chapter of 1 Peter 24, it says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. I think about what Jesus did for us on the cross and, and, and the love that he shared. And it reminds me of this song that we've sung many times. This is amazing grace. The love, the grace that he shows for us each day. So let's sing this song together. We're going to sing This is Amazing Grace, and then we're going to repeat the chorus. So you sing with us, okay? Who breaks the power of sin? How we live our lives, and I think that so many times we get so busy with things that we forget to turn our eyes on Jesus. Let's sing this chorus together. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Sing this with us, and, uh, and just worship today.
1: Good morning, Crossroads family. Welcome to uh, our worship service today. So glad that you have uh, tuned in. And uh, what a great time of worship we have already had. I want to say a thank you uh, for uh, my friend, uh, our teaching pastor, and student pastor Heath, for a fantastic job last week as we looked at 1 Peter uh, and kind of got going into chapter 2. If you've got your Bible, we're going to finish chapter 2 this morning, so I want to encourage you. To go ahead and be turning there to 1 Peter chapter 2. And uh, we're going to pick up at verse 18 in just a minute. I do want to say thank you uh, for just uh, your heart for giving. Thank you for keeping up to date on uh, your partnership commitment that you've made to the Lord during these days. Uh, it is good to know that our church is tracking right where we need to be. And, um, and so if you've not given your tithe, your offering that you intended to, would you do that this week? You can jump online right now while you're watching this service. Uh, if you're watching online and just go to the website, hope at crossroads, uh, dot com or dot .org. They both go the same, uh, same place to the website and click on Give. And We appreciate it. Thank you to you uh, as well. If you're listening today right here in our parking lot uh, at 90.7 FM, we're grateful that you have tuned in and excited about people participating in worship. What a great weekend. We've already had this weekend. Uh, Wow. Did you enjoy the movie? Uh, Movie night last night. Uh, What a great time of fellowship with our church family and so thankful for uh, those of you that came out just to get outside and see each other. Wasn't that great? And uh, hey today don't forget immediately after the live stream service uh, right around uh, eleven thirty or so, uh, we will be ready to uh, distribute those drive through drive to uh, to go box lunches barbecue lunches in support of missions. If you uh, haven't ordered, we probably have a few extras, but uh, hopefully you have uh, ordered right there on the website or called the church office. And that's going to be going on immediately after our service today, around 1130 or so. So, so grateful for that. So, let's look at First Peter. And again, we're going to pick up in chapter 2, chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 18. We're going to start with verse 18. And again, one more quick reminder while I'm thinking about it. This Saturday, church workday. Uh, And so if you want to help, actually anytime this week, there's a few projects we're doing around the church and we'll participate uh, from about eight to noon on Saturday uh, for church workday. So if you're interested in that, reach out to us or or, uh, sign up online on the website. Thinking about what we're going through as a community and as a church, this book of First Peter has been so appropriate because it talks about the challenges uh, of, of suffering and how we grow. And, and today, you know, if you wanted to give a message title for the sermon today, it might be, uh, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Have you heard that before? My grandfather used to say that to me. Uh, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And so here's the question I want you to think about as we look at this chapter, the rest of this chapter today. When, uh, when life sends you things that you don't expect, How do you respond? How do you handle it? We're in the midst of one of those times right now, aren't we? How do we handle life when we get handed things, especially that we don't deserve? Maybe when things go wrong. Uh, Maybe when we're wrongly accused. Uh, How do we handle that? What is our response? You know, we've all been there and we've all said it, maybe even in the last few weeks. I don't deserve this. I remember growing up, and there were a few times, not a lot, but a few, where uh, I would get a spanking, and it should have been uh, my sister that got the spanking. I'm sure she could say the same thing. There's many times she got the spanking, and I should have been the one to get the spanking. Uh, but we all have times in our lives, and, and in those situations, by the way, those are times where we actually deserved it, probably. So we were punished, or we suffered because we deserved it. But there are times in life, and there's times in our world And just because we're Christians and we follow Jesus doesn't mean life is a a bed of roses. There are times when life gives us things uh, that we may say we don't really deserve and that strong uh, times of suffering or challenge come our way. How do we respond? I was thinking about a few months back. My son, Will, had an interesting situation at work and uh, he was thinking about how to respond and... Uh, didn't deserve exactly what happened, Uh, maybe in a sense kind of wrongly accused. And, you know, one of the things that has helped me through challenging times like this, somebody told me, is um, owners have rights, but stewards have responsibilities. And the reality is sometimes, and especially even now in the polarized places that we find ourselves in society, we have to be very careful, even as believers, Some of the things that we say, some of the things that we even post on social media that we come across as if we have rights. And our citizenship, yes, as a citizen, if we are a citizen of America, we have rights as an American. But I would say to you that our responsibility as a Christian uh, trumps, if I can use that word, trumps overseas, is over and above any right that we would have as an American. And what God's Word reminds us in this chapter, the latter part of this chapter, is as, as, a, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, we really don't have any rights. We are to be stewards because stewards have responsibility, and that's what God has given us, a responsibility. So how do we handle these sufferings when it comes our way? Well, let's look at it together, Second Peter, and we're going to start again with the verse 18. As we finish out this chapter, I hope you've been reading along in your own time that you have uh, there at home. Verse 18, servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Interesting what he's saying. For this finds favor for the sake of conscience toward God, a man bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there? If when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience. But if when you do what is right and you suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. For you have been called, he says, for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. You know, let's stop there. Sometimes it's good to remind ourselves that the ultimate sufferer, the one who faced uh, untold challenges and suffering and did not deserve it, was Jesus. And yet his response is pretty incredible the way he handled it. And it goes on to say in verse 23, "...while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously." And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you are healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you've returned to the shepherd and guardian of our souls. So let's just think about this for a little bit. I've got three points, three challenges, I think, that the scripture is showing us here. Three things that we can learn when we face uh, maybe undeserved suffering. Now, let's keep in mind, Peter's not talking about suffering that comes our way because we deserve it. Peter's not talking about suffering that we bring on ourselves. He's not talking about like a speeding ticket. You speed, you get pulled over by the police, woo, and you get the speeding ticket, and you're like, oh, I don't deserve this. No, you did. And if I do, and that happens to me, I, I deserve it. Uh, that's not the suffering he's talking about. You know, I remember when I was growing up, uh, my dad had gotten me a bicycle. I was probably first, second grade, and uh, the chain came off. And it kept coming off because it was loose. and needed to be tightened up, maybe a link taken out of the chain. And so um, my dad said, you know, leave it, leave it alone. Don't ride it. This was in the summertime. When I get home from work, I'll fix it for you. Well, what did I do? Did I listen? No, I did not listen. So I got on that bike, and I'm just humming down, and the chain was on for a while. And I got about two or three blocks away from home, and the chain uh, broke. didn't just come off, but I think it actually broke. And I remember starting to walk that bicycle back to the house. So my dad decided to come back early that day for some reason. And so I remember looking down the end of the street and saw him kind of go by the side street and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. So I pick up that bike and I'm running through the neighbor's yard and I'm jump throwing the bike over the fence, trying to get home before he did, because I knew what was going to happen because I disobeyed. And I remember him pulling up. I saw him coming at me down the street and I'm walking the bike and I'm thinking, what am I going to say? And I remember him pulling up and rolling the window down and saying, what are you doing, son? And I remember my line, just, uh, just, I'm taking my bike out for a walk. And uh, needless to say, I got in trouble. My uh, mom and dad were, were great parents. My uh, happy Mother's Day mom, if you're watching. My dad believed in democracy, uh, just not at home. Just not at home. And so uh, I remember getting in trouble. That's not the kind of suffering Peter is talking about. He's talking about here a different kind of suffering, not suffering where there are some lawful resources that can help us if we do wrong or somebody else does wrong and they're punished. It's the kind of suffering uh, that is a little different here. He's talking about a suffering for which we did nothing wrong. How are we supposed to respond? We don't deserve the income, the, the outcome. We've all been there before. All of us have had something happen, uh, some wrong committed uh, against us if we've lived long enough, uh, no matter our race or gender, our creed we've had something happen to us that we didn't deserve. How did we respond and Keep in mind he's writing here to slaves in in the background, some had it good, some of these slaves had it good and were treated well. And some not, but he's not just writing to these slaves or servants. He's writing to us and he's asking us this question as we read these verses. I want you to be thinking and asking, how do we retaliate when things happen to us that we don't deserve? What is our recourse? Do we revenge? How do we respond? How do we respond? He doesn't negate the suffering. He doesn't go, okay, get over your suffering. That's not what he says, but he gives us three key things about undeserved wrong and some things that we can learn. And here's the first one. We learn submission. We learn submission. He says in verse 18, servants be submissive to your masters. How can we do that? You know, respect doesn't show uh, direction. It really doesn't uh, say all that the scripture is trying to say. There are translations where it says the word respect. It's a good translation, but but it really should read better. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect to God, because we do our work under the Lord. So he's not necessarily suggesting respect, although it's both and. Respect to the servant or to the master, but also to God we need to show respect not just because of the worthiness of the man but because of the worthiness of God and that goes for those in authority that goes for those in government that goes for our leaders I would caution us as believers again about the way we respond uh, verbally on social media about leaders to whom we may not agree That God has, if we believe God is sovereign, God has placed those people in leadership. And our response is very telling of how we handle suffering. And one of the things that God, I believe, is trying to teach us here is submission. Those in authority that are over us, our president, our leaders, our bosses, our school leaders, our government. Show me someone who is disrespecting uh, our government or any leaders, and I will show you most of the time someone who doesn't really understand submission. And you you may respond really well when your particular person is in office. And when your particular person is not in office, you may not respond really well. That would show us, that would show you and show myself that our maturity level when it comes to submission is not very high. Because again, as Christians, we live under a different authority, the authority of God. And submitting doesn't mean that I agree with everything that that person says or stands for, but submitting means I'm submitting myself under their authority because God has placed them in authority and I am uh, respecting them. I'm learning submission. And the master of the slave was not their owner. God was, and they acknowledge that. If you go back up into verse 16, he says, Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as, a, as bond slaves of God. So, the suffering that we are facing, we have to understand submission. Now, if someone in authority above us asks us to do something that goes against what God has said and asks us to sin, then we submit to God because of our respect to God, not in those in authority, so that we don't sin. And our faithfulness and submission does not not always lead to uh, raises or bonuses or prestige or elevate us in position with our employer or in our society. That doesn't always happen. In fact, uh, sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes the opposite happens when we honor God. We sometimes think in our culture that suffering is not of God, that if we suffer, well, then what's wrong? We shouldn't be suffering because if God loved us, we wouldn't suffer. If, if that's our thinking, we haven't read the entirety of the Bible because there are a lot of people who follow God who suffered. I think about uh, those who lead our mission in the Dominican Republic. I think about Daniel and Eudith Solares they are directors on the ground in the Dominican Republic. And I remember the story that they told when they uh, felt like God wanted them to move to the Dominican Republic. And they moved to serve there, not knowing what they were going to do. And when they moved there, they had their first child, who was a, a little boy. And I think he was maybe three or four years old. And they were in their little house, two-room house, uh, no, uh, um, no air condition, no indoor plumbing, none of that kind of stuff. And they're in there, and uh, they're hungry and I remember them telling me the story that they were fasting and they were praying and they were saying, "God, we we thought this is what you want us us to do." And we face this suffering. What are we supposed to do? And they began to cry out to God, and and they were hungry. And I remember Judith, Judith telling us, Judith telling us, she said that she began to pray to God and say, "God, uh, we will fast and and we will serve you, but our little boy he is hungry. Please, you you must send food somehow to feed him. We have no food." And, and he would go to her and say, Mom, I'm hungry. What are we going to eat? And she said to him, Set the table. And so they began to set the table. And he's said, But Mom, there's no food. Well, let's set the table. And they set the table. And about that time, there was a knock on the door. And they had just prayed for God to send food. And at the door was a lady in that village. And she said, This rice is for your son. It's not for you and your husband. But I know your little boy is hungry. So please give this to him. They endured this suffering. And sometimes I think... Uh, We forget as believers in the first world that suffering is a part of following after Jesus. It doesn't mean we've done something wrong. It just means this is a part of where God is using this time, maybe even this time right now, we find ourselves in as a community and a country and a world and a church to teach us submission. How are we doing? How are we doing when it comes to learning submission? It's a difficult thing. To be mindful of God in the face of unjust suffering isn't just remembering God exists. It's the mindfulness of our faith in Him, the quiet patience of one who believes that the love and the grace of God belongs to us because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. I read this quote this week, Being mindful of God while enduring suffering is to set our hope fully on the grace that will be brought to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. If we don't learn submission and suffering, here's the second thing we should be learning during this time. We learn to be like our Savior. We learn to be like our Savior. We learn submission, and through this suffering, we learn to be like our Savior you know he he did show us this pattern, and we're supposed to pattern our lives after Jesus, right? So how then can we do this if we never if we never learn submission or we never endure suffering in verses twenty four and twenty five Peter reminds us that although we may experience this unjust suffering, he says the reality is that our sin has earned for us all the miseries of this life and death and the pains of hell forever. He reminds us, he says, And he himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, by his stripes, some versions say we were, we've been healed. And so Christ didn't, didn't revile, it says in verse 23, and in return, he, he, he uttered no threats, he just endured the suffering because he knew what was going to happen. For you and I, and our rebellion against God sometimes by uh, going after life on our terms means that we deserve anything this broken world can throw at us because we re- have rebelled against God. We have sinned against God. So if if we say we don't deserve this, we have to say too that Jesus did not deserve what he faced. Yet he endured. He entrusted himself to his God. He submitted and he suffered. So friends, today, as you think about what's going on in our world, and maybe even in your own family experience and in our community right now with the suffering, be be encouraged with what Peter is reminding us here. Because it's so important that we think about this suffering and we we embrace it. Can I say it that way? That we embrace it. And we realize that in this time we are learning submission, in this time we are learning to suffer, in this time we are learning to be like the Savior. Maybe today as you've stumbled across this live stream, you're facing this suffering that's going on in our world right now and these challenges. And you're thinking, wow, how do I get through it? Can I encourage you and tell you that there's only one way you'll get through it? And that's by putting your trust in Jesus. Maybe you've stumbled across this stream today and you're not a part of the Crossroads family if you're not and you'd like to talk to someone or if you're one of our Crossroads family and you need to talk to someone this morning. As soon as this service wraps up, right there there'll be a link in the comments section for a Zoom meeting, a video connection right there on your computer and you can chat with somebody and talk with someone face-to-face but virtually who can pray with you and encourage you. And again, if you drop by today and you're visiting, would you fill out one of those connect cards uh, there just in the comments? Just click on that link and let us know that you have been visiting with us today. I want to encourage you to face this suffering, these challenges that we see in our world and ask the Lord, Lord, how should I respond? Am I responding, submitting myself to you? Am I responding, realizing that this suffering is going to make me stronger? Am I responding going, wow, the King of the universe and King Jesus endured the suffering and he did not deserve the suffering, but he endured it. And Lord, help me to be uh, more like the savior as I walk through these challenging times. I hope that's your prayer today. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray for my friends today who are watching and I pray Lord that uh, as we begin hopefully to move into a new sense of normal After facing these challenges as a world and as a community, I pray, Lord, as I've been praying, that you have taught us and we have been open to learning what it is that you wanted us to learn. And, Lord, I pray that as we've learned, hopefully, a little bit about submitting, it's been difficult to submitting even to our leaders right now because sometimes we think, do they know what they're doing? If we're honest, that's what we think. But you have taught us submission You have taught us what it means to suffer, and ultimately, Lord, you're teaching us what it means to be like our Savior. So I pray for our church family today, Lord, that you would continue to teach us, make us the men and women that you want us to be in our community. I pray if there's anyone that stumbled across this live stream today and they need to have that relationship with you, Jesus, that they would connect with someone at the end of this service online and share their need so that somebody who loves them could pray with them and encourage them. And we ask you to speak to our hearts right now in Jesus' name. As we close this service today, what we're going to do is we'll just have a graphic in just a moment that'll come up on the screen with some soft music that'll be playing, allowing you right there in your home or wherever you are just to do business with the Lord and give you a few minutes of just kind of quietness. And so you do business with God as we wrap up today. And again, if you need to talk to somebody, please click that Zoom link and we'll meet you online in just a moment. God bless you.